Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on December 15th, 2016, as you might expect. The Nefarium is busy. I don't know if you've noticed right now in Japan, this would be Friday in Japan, uh, the second day of a summit meeting between Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and President Vladimir Putin. And this is an interesting one. This is an interesting article that provokes all sorts of high-octane speculations on my part as to what we might expect to see happen as a result of this uh, summit and what we might expect to look for in the long run. This is an article that is titled The Onsen Summit. Vladimir Putin meets with Japanese Shinzo, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe to heal rifts. And this is an article by Rachel Mealy. A very interesting article, and there's a lot going on here in between the lines. I want to read some of it to you. Uh, the first part, uh, I'm going to skip around. I'm going to a section of the article here that's titled, Putin to be served puffer fish. And I want to read this for you. Mr. Abe planned a decadent first meal for Mr. Putin, showcasing produce from Yamaguchi. Sushi, sashimi, and wagyu beef were, were set to be on the menu. And in what could be a poor diplomatic decision, Mr. Abe also planned to serve puffer fish to the Russian president. One person dies each year in Japan on average after eating puffer fish that has been incorrectly prepared. The toxins inside the fish's glands are so poisonous, one fish could kill 30 adults. This year, there have not been any deaths so far. Now, speculation here. We all know that the West has been trying to get rid of Mr. Putin for quite some time. Uh, it would be the perfect way to sneak somebody into the cooking staff and incorrectly prepare the puffer fish for Mr. Putin. Uh, the difficulty there would be is they'd probably get rid of Mr. Abe as well, which, again, I wouldn't put past these people. But that's not my serious high-octane speculation here. I want to draw your attention to some statements earlier in this article, and I want to read them straight through because I think there's something very interesting being hinted at here between the lines. Mr. Abe has spoken of his desire to normalize relations with Russia. When he met Mr. Putin at the International Economic Forum in Vladivostok in September, he made this rather weird plea to the Russian president. Quote, We could walk into the virgin forest of the taiga, the Russian word for forest, in the light of the sun's rays and push through the foliage and think about what relations between Japan and Russia should be like in 20 or 30 years, unquote. Mr. Abe has pressed ahead with the summit despite the objections of the United States who do not want to see another member of the group of seven nations give ground to Russia. The U.S. wants Japan to remain in lockstep with the other nations who are critical of Russia's annexation of the Crimea and its backing of the Assad regime in Syria. But Mr. Abe sees the benefits to Japan of closer economic and diplomatic ties with Russia overriding his obligations to the G7. 
Stephen Nagy is a professor of international relations at Tokyo's Christian University. Quote, I think Prime Minister Abe moving forward on this issue has been a long-term strategy on how Japan and Russia could come to a peace agreement. As it stands now, they are technically at war over these territories, so one is to prioritize the idea of a peace agreement, unquote. The only nod that Japan has made to its diplomatic obligations to the U.S. and other nations has been its refusal to classify the summit as a formal state visit. Mr. Putin will not be meeting Japan's Emperor Akihito during his trip, usually a mandatory agenda item for any visiting world leader, unquote. Now, there's a lot going on here that I want to point out. You'll notice that Mr. Abe began his talks with President Putin in Vladivostok with that statement about thinking about where we want to be with Russo-Japanese relations in 20 or 30 years. Now that to me right there, folks, says that Mr. Abe is in this for the long haul, and so is Japan, all right? In other words, it's not necessarily Mr. Abe speaking, it's the whole Japanese zaibutsu, it's the whole Japanese deep state that is looking at long-term improved relations with Russia. I've said before, I think that this is because the Japanese deep state sees that America's position in the world is weakening and that over the long term, Japan is going to have to embark on an increasingly independent foreign policy. Now, what does this mean? What can we expect from it? Well, as noted, Putin is not having the usual visit to the Japanese emperor. I think that is, as the article suggests, not just simply a bow to the United States, but I think it's something that Japan is holding out uh, for a point at which things become normalized between Russia and, and Japan. The key stumbling block has always been Hokkaido and the Kuril Islands that Russia seized right at the end of World War II, which Japan to this date has not recognized. I think what you're going to see the Abe government do is more or less table any serious discussion on these things. They'll continue those discussions for public consumption. But in private, I suspect that what Abe and Putin are really going to be discussing are economic and financial arrangements, and we've seen them following this pattern thus far, are economic and financial arrangements for Japan to to get in on building up the Siberian infrastructure. Russia needs this. Japan needs it. And the stumbling block are the Kirills, all right? As long as Russia insists on not negotiating about those things, Japan is going to be reluctant to enter in on any sort of financial agreements that will help Russia build up Siberia and counterbalance and this is a very important thing to remember, counterbalance growing Chinese influence in that region. So I suspect that rather than these things, you're going to see Putin and Abe talking about international security matters, ISIS and so on and so forth. And 
any public discussion of Hokkaido and the Kuril Islands. Again, that's going to be for popular consumption. The real action is going to be discussing international security matters and the fact that both nations stand to gain by Japanese infrastructure and financial development with Russia of, of Siberia and the energy resources in Siberia. This is going to be crucial, and that means that in reality, and this is my key point here, in reality, the claims, the Japanese claims over those islands and the Russian counterclaims over those islands are going to be moved dramatically down in the list of things that are priorities for them to discuss. They're going to, they're going to cooperate in areas that they can currently cooperate and then get, once they've established a measure of trust, then, they, then they'll come back around to these issues. I suspect as a result of this that there's going to be some back and forth on international terrorism on the Japanese I, current Japanese policy of not recognizing uh, the Russian annexation of the Crimea and so on and so forth. But I think Abe is going to be willing to put all that on the table over the long term, certainly not immediately. We're not going to see any stunning breakthrough announcements from this summit. The real thing that's going to come out of this summit, as I'm suggesting, is over the long term, you're going to have a shift of priorities now being exhibited in Russo-Japanese talks away from this thorny issue of the Hokkaido Islands. Japanese diplomacy is going to proceed along a public track, in other words, and a private track. It's the private track that's going to be interesting to watch, and most of those announcements we can expect to be coming out of Moscow rather than Tokyo, all right? At some point, I suspect that the Russians may invite pardon me, may invite Emperor Akihito to Moscow, all right? If this happens, that's an indicator that there will be, there has been or will be a breakthrough announcement shortly. So this is going to be an interesting period to watch now uh, over the next couple of years with how Japan and Russia actually, in practice, put through these new prioritized negotiation strategies that I'm suggesting. Anyway, the summit's not over yet. I may be jumping the gun a little bit here, but I wanted to bring this to everybody's attention. This is an important story, uh, not receiving that much good coverage in the United States, but this is an important story to watch, everybody. And I'll see everybody on the flip side. I want to wish, um, in case I forget, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. I want to thank everybody for making uh, donations to the website, for sending articles, and to the uh, virtual organ crowdfund. I haven't had yet time to uh, email thank yous to all of those people because I've been not feeling too well lately, uh, not feeling too well today, as a matter of fact. But I will be getting around to that. But in case I forget all those things, uh, a hearty thank you to all of you. Uh, God bless and all best wishes to you and yours for, for good and safe holidays and for the very best of New Year's. Bye-bye, everybody, and I'll see you on the flip side.